let's get started. We're talking about business plans and how to make those business plans more effective. You may want to have a pen and paper handy or a second window open on your device for taking notes. As I mentioned, we will let you know at the end of this session how you can get a copy of the slides if you would like to do that. So with that, let's get started. What will this session be about? It's about how to write a business plan to help you think through the issues that are important for a business and for your business plan and to craft an outline of the components that might be applicable for your plan. It's about the reasons why and how we develop business plans. This session will not be a sales job to convince you of the need for more funding or to expand your business or why you should seek venture capital or investment capital. Those are highly personal decisions for a business owner and they need to be considered carefully. What we will talk about, however, is how to create a business plan that is meaningful and significant for your business. I grew up in the heyday of the San Francisco 49ers with Joe Walsh and Bill, uh, Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. And I love this quote from Bill Walsh. To succeed, you must set goals, have roles, recognize excellence, acknowledge failure, recover from disappointment, and stay abreast of the competition. You know, Bill was an innovative coach, and he had a concept for transforming the offensive part, portion of the San Francisco 49ers. Joe Montana joined his team, and he had a great idea for how he thought the game should be played. Neither one of them anticipated what kind of an impact they would bring to the 49ers organization. But Bill, using these characteristics, was able to build a dynamic offense, a plan that allowed him to perpetuate the success of the San Francisco 49ers, not just through Joe Montana, but through the Steve Young years as well. Bill's advice to set goals, to find roles, recognize accomplishment, and understand the why of failures and disappointments is the essence of creating a business plan. So when I say business plan, I suspect that some of you are gonna have a reaction similar to one of these two folks. You're either gonna think I'm speaking a foreign language, one of 1500 languages that are spoken in Africa, you're gonna look at me like, what? Or you're gonna think, look, I've got a business to run. I do not have time for the paperwork and to be inundated with all of the activities that are required to create a business plan. I just don't have time for this. Well, <clears throat> that may be true, but we're here to provide you with some suggestions, some help, and a format for creating a business plan that will be viable for your organization. Uh, if you don't think that you need a business plan, you're not alone. Two surveys done found that a large percentage of entrepreneurs think that the business plan is not necessary. Wells Fargo partnered up with Gallup 
they studied 600 small businesses, a large majority of those were Wells Fargo customers. And they found that 31% of those businesses did not have a business plan. Fortune, I'm sorry, Inc. did a similar study. Inc. publishes its 500 list of the top 500 small businesses around the country each year. And as a part of that study, they surveyed those founders and found that 40% of them did not have a business plan. Now, what's interesting about that is that both surveys also identified that 100% of those folks wished that they had had a business plan Uh, prior to starting or expanding their businesses. So what is a business plan? It is a written document. Too many people say, oh yeah, I've got a business plan. It's all up here. No, a business plan is a written document. It carefully explains what you're doing. There's an internal audience and an external audience. So let me give you an example of this. I have a friend whose contracting business had been operating here in Mesa for more than 20 years. He was successful in both a monetary and a growth perspective. He was doing well. He had an envious business. He had grown his business to the point where he did not need to be on the equipment helping to prepare and operate it as part of the business that he could stay home and work his business out of the office and manage the projects that he was responsible for. Then one day a freak medical situation happened and he passed away. Although he had several family members who had been working in the business with him, he had no written plan. His will and his trust took care of the financial transition of the business to his family, but the business, as I said, did not have a plan. His son took over the business and it nearly killed him. He told me in confidence that it took him 18 months to get on top of the business and what his dad had been doing. But he was convinced that if the business had a written plan prior to his dad's death, the owner's death, that it would have made the transition so much smoother and the performance of the business would not have struggled for that 18 month period. So internally, you may be thinking that you don't need a plan. Transition of your business should something happen is an excellent example of why we might want to have a business plan. Externally, it's your opportunity to communicate your success and the merits of your business and what you're doing to community members. There are distinct benefits that are available to folks who participate in a business plan and create their business plan. It is a manifestation of your capabilities. It's the opportunity for you to secure your future. So here are six questions. Typically when we think of these, we think about these questions from a little bit different perspective. But the five W's and the H that we're gonna help you walk through with your business plan are these. Where refers to the position of your business as you consider its purpose, 
and its capabilities. Y represents the goals that you may have established that you want to achieve. How describes resources that you believe will be important to the success of your business. When is goal achievement? It's establishing milestones for what you want to accomplish and being able to report back or recognize when you've achieved those milestones. Who obviously is the individuals responsible for what's going to be accomplished and what represents the resources that you're going to need to be able to accomplish those goals. These six questions should be an integral part of your business plan and they will help you anticipate and avoid obstacles and be more persuasive in your goals. So the conclusion that we can draw at the outset is that while a business plan may be a chore for you and many business owners see it as an undesirable chore, it truly is a roadmap for how you can be successful and achieve success with your business. So what do we include in a business plan? Well, let's take a look at a, how to approach the creation of a business plan. Larry Lagan sits uh, as president of a small vineyard company in Northern California. And he says, it's easy for me to sit in my business and come up with great strategies, but I have to be able to execute on those strategies. Any business owner needs to be able to do that. And for him, the deciding factor in the plan is whether or not the activity that they're considering is one that should be executed on. He says, we keep looking for things that we can do or could do rather than things that we might want to do. So who's your audience? Here's our first little kind of uh, practice or, or uh, exercise. If you've got a pen and paper handy, take 30 seconds and list as many different audience members that you can think of who might be interested in or might request a copy of your business plan. If you don't have a pen and paper handy, but you've got a sticky note or a notepad available on your computer and you're taking notes, feel free to do it there. We'll give you 30 seconds to do this and you can start now and we'll let you know when we get close to finishing. Your list may have some of the same individuals or entities on it that we've identified here, or you may have identified some additional audience members that might be missing from our list, and that's okay. Our list is not intended to be a comprehensive list, but rather intended, you to, intended to have you think about the audience and the related content that your plan should include. Some businesses find it advantageous to share their plan with their bank or other financial institutions. And some financial institutions will require a copy of the plan if you're trying to set up new services or new accounts. Some commercial landlords will require a copy of the plan to ensure that the business can operate successfully throughout the lease terms that they might be considering. If you're looking for a new large corporate client, 
they may ask for a copy of your business plan because they want to ensure that you have the capacity and the capability to meet their consumer needs. And some suppliers will ask for a copy of the plan, especially if you're considering buying goods or services from them. You might have to chat with them and provide a copy of the plan to them. And they're going to be worried about how you can handle an upturn or a downturn in your business. Now, the one candidate that most folks seem to forget about is the one on the far right-hand side on the bottom of the list. Yes, there is that proverbial skeptic that always thinks that you may not fully understand what it is that you're doing. And a business plan is a great opportunity to put those and help keep those skeptics at bay. So one of the easiest ways to start preparing your plan is to think about key pieces of information that your audience will want to know. For most audience members, they're looking for one or more of the four C's within your business plan. Control refers to how much control your business has, how, your business, what, how much your business needs, and how much you as an individual re will require. Do you have sufficient direction over developments in your business and your business environment to give you personal satisfaction? That's the control function. Challenge refers to your understanding of what will impact your business, both immediately and in the future. How severe or beneficial those impacts might be, and understanding challenges can help keep you from constantly diverting your attention away from what's most important, running your business. Any business must adapt and change to a myriad of challenges and opportunities. This is where creativity becomes important. The ability to assess needed changes and responding accordingly will be important for both partners, suppliers, customers, and key personnel. And lastly, cash. Every audience member will want to know, do you have sufficient cash for your business? If you don't, where are you going to get that cash and how are you going to use it? So we've put together this little chart to help you understand key audience members for a business plan and what their concerns might be. Many businesses are now realizing that one version of their plan may not be sufficient. But wait, you say, I have a real aversion to developing a business plan, and now Cameron's telling me that I might need more than one. Well, yes, you may have come to that conclusion, and rightly so, that you may need more than one plan. Understanding the four C's, understanding the concerns of our audience, should help trigger an understanding of what your business plan needs to have and does not need to have so that you can be concise in presenting the picture of your business. So, oops, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. So the good news is you're probably already aware of a process that you can use to develop your business plan. Many of us are familiar with the proverbial elevator speech. You know the drill. You're on an elevator with a person who may be able to help your business get to the next stage of goal accomplishment, 
and you need to tell them about your business. You've got 30 seconds to a minute. Well, this strategy can serve you well in developing your business plan. Keep calm and remember that your plan does not need to include all the fluff and all the market data and all the history and lots of quantitative information. It needs to be concise and complete just like your elevator speech is. So here's an example of how we would build the story pyramid for a business plan. The simplest, most important piece of information that you have is your tagline. It's four to six words that concisely explains what you do. If you couple that with a 10 to 14 word statement that represents your vision of what it is you want to accomplish, now you've got a good starting point for what your business plan should include. Many organizations make the mistake of confusing their vision and their mission. Mission is an explanation of how your business is making a difference, the purpose for your business. Vision is what it is you want to accomplish. So you can incorporate your tagline, your vision, and your mission into a concise one-minute elevator speech of 60 to 100 words, and then guess what? You are well on your way to having a solid start to an executive summary for your business plan. So let's compare the process of an elevator speech with a business plan. On the left-hand side, There we go. Apologize for that. On the left-hand side, you can see the four parts of an elevator speech. We describe the opportunity. We describe how we're gonna solve that problem. We describe how our business has qualifications to meet that particular opportunity and problem. And we describe our market position. On the right-hand side, you can see the components of a business plan. Section one, we describe our background qualifications and history. That should only be about 10% of your business plan. Section two, we describe the immediate opportunity, problem, or need that we are trying to address with our plan. That should represent about 20% of your plan. Section three, we describe how the business will meet that problem, solve that problem, meet that opportunity, or meet that need. That should balance, the amount of information there should balance the content that's provided in the opportunity. And in section four, we describe specifically the action that we're going to take as a part of that plan. The most frequently asked questions by the reader include, is this a solid business? Is there sufficient market opportunity for this particular business? Are the financials in line with the operations history and needs? Is there capability 
for management? And can the plan clearly delineate what will be successful? The easiest way to think about this particular portion of the plan is to consider the five-minute rule from Ann Winbald. Ann Winbald is a venture capitalist, and she has produced uh, some of the most significant organizations that you and I can think of that are readily available in the world today. Tech organizations is an example. Facebook, um, Pinterest, some of those organizations Anne helped to find venture capital for. And Anne says, you know, reading a business plan can be onerous. So I approach it this way. She says, I pick the short ones, the small ones, the thin ones, rather than going after the big, thick business plan. Why? Because like anybody else, she wants to feel like she's accomplished something. So keep that in mind as you think about what your plan should be like. So we said there are four components to the business plan. We just, in step one, we're going to describe our background. Step two, we're going to identify the opportunity. Step three, we're going to talk about what the problem is, how we're going to meet that opportunity. And in step four, we describe the action that we're going to take. That translates into the structure of a business plan that looks like the right-hand side of this slide. Your executive summary and company description should only be about 10% of your plan. Your analysis of the industry, the market, competitors, whatever the problem is you're trying to solve or whatever the challenge is that you're trying to overcome should represent about 20% of your business plan content. The third section should cover how you're going to solve that problem or meet that challenge or address that opportunity using marketing, operations, and financial functions within your business. And section four represents the ultimate request. Why are you looking to address this problem? And what is it that you need? What resources do you need to be able to help you that you don't have available to you in section three? You can use appendices if you feel like they're appropriate, and that's where the bulk of your information that doesn't change should go on an operating basis. So size does not matter. I know what you're thinking, but wait a minute. Business plans are extensive. Well, no, as we've seen from Ann Winbold, no, they're really not. It's not about size. It's about the content. Having the right content to be able to address the four C's is what is most important in an audience member and how they're going to react to your business plan. It's all about the content. It's all about matching the four C's to your audience member. It's about understanding your audience member and what they want to know. And they can read that information very quickly and very concisely in a short, concise plan that doesn't have to be a significant production for your business. So where would I get assistance? How could I get assistance for this particular uh, business plan? Is there a system assistance available? And the answer is yes, there is 
a significant amount of assistance available to business owners within the city of Mesa and within Arizona that, is, that can be provided and accessed by you. So here you go, another little exercise. Take 30 seconds and list as many different resources as you can think of who might have information that could help you in the development of your business plan. Resources that might have information that you could use. And if you're an operating business, this should be a very quick, easy list to come up with a half a dozen individuals. If you're thinking about starting a business, you'll be surprised at how many different resources there are available to you. As you look at this list, you may believe it's just a replication of our previous list. The focus is to think about the entities that you currently have relationships with and how you can leverage those relationships. If you're lacking historical data, you may find that customers or suppliers have information that can assist you. You may find that financial institutions you currently use have free resources that are available to you. And yes, you may even find that that skeptic on the far right-hand side has information that could be, a value, could be of value to you if you only feel comfortable to ask for it. So we're gonna explore this list here in a little bit greater detail. Eugene Kleiner is also a venture capitalist. He's worked with a number of organizations on the East Coast and he has some great advice. He says, you don't need big market research survey with lots of data to, pr to produce or generate a business plan. You just have to be able to show a need. You don't make dollars because you want to make dollars. You don't make profits because you just want profit. You make dollars because you have a need with an excellent service or product and you can demonstrate how you meet that need. So are there sources locally that we can attach to and contact to help us with our business plan? Absolutely. You start by asking questions and asking the right questions. City of Mesa, Mesa Community College and NAU have virtual libraries with lots of information that's available to you and they also have resources that you can contact as well. There are trade and industry resources that you can get information from. There are a variety of, of resources available both at the city level and at the state level that can assist you, general business type resources. If you have an accountant or a bookkeeper and in your existing business, they're gonna have information that's available to you. Personal observation is always the best and talking to individuals who are in the business that you may want to um, meet up with is a great resource for where to find information. Deborah Mullis runs a little corporation called Dame's Food. They were a small uh, organic farms retailer. They produced, a, they bought a lot of, of product from organic farms and they would sell it in two or three different resources, uh, retail outlets 
excuse me, retail operations. And she had the idea one day that maybe they ought to expand their retail operations to include food preparation and do a short, small cafe slash restaurant as part of their retail operations. But she didn't know how to go about that. So to start building her business plan, she said, I just started talking to people. I watched the people that came into our stores and watched what they bought and asked them what they were going to use it for, how they were going to prepare it. I went to other stores and watched and asked their customers what they were buying their products for, how they were going to prepare it and use it. She said, I also went to a couple of uh, restaurants and talked with them about what they were doing. Then she got really creative. She said, I called up the city health department and asked them who would be my competition in running a restaurant slash cafe as part of my retail operations. And they gave me a list of some businesses and I went and I talked to them. And she said, you would be surprised how much information I got from them as a part of that uh, process of doing research on what we should cafe slash restaurant to retail operations. So what is, what is not part of your business plan? What should not be included in that? Well, Robert Mahoney is in charge of commercial lending for Bank of Boston. He reads hundreds of business plans every year. And Robert says, the one thing that your business plan has to be is believable. He said, I want simple logic, thinking again about a concise plan that relies more on information and less on leaps of faith. He says it has to be believable. Robert also says that he believes the four C's are critically important for business planning as well. And he likes to point out that the larger the plan, the more he begins to wonder, what are they hiding or trying to cover up with all of this data and all of this information? Skeptability in your plan is not a good starting point with your audience. So Robert's advice is key. Some of the common business plan errors, tagging along with Robert's observations, we could say these are things you absolutely must not do. If you're interested in writing a dissertation, then you've not understood who your audience is. And hopefully we've pointed out why that is not what they are looking for. If it's too complex and cannot be summarized into a typical elevator speech or easily understood, then our chances of getting the audience to even look at and read our business plan is reduced. If you see preparation as something that's undesirable, but also something you must do, that will be communicated through the messaging in your business plan, whether you realize it or not. And making sure that you're realistic, that your business plan is an accurate reflection of the business is what's most important. 
too often we generate business plans that look like the plans on the top of that picture, picture on the top of that slide, or they get the kind of reaction that we see from the picture on the bottom of that slide. The most common critical risks in the plan are that we overstate our projections or we overestimate our success in terms of the numbers that are in the plan. A cardinal rule, this is absolutely critical. Make sure if you've put numbers into your plan and you're showing a list of, of information and it sums to a total, make sure that total is accurate. Yes, people like Robert do take out a calculator and add up numbers to make sure that the plan is an accurate reflection. Don't put a cushion in your plan that represents a broad range of performance. Most readers of a business plan know that there will be some cushion in the business, but it shouldn't be extensive. They also measure or estimate an inadequate payback period. There's no direct customer connection. Remember earlier we talked about customers being a potential resource for us in generating our plan and also being a potential audience member for our plan. So having a conversation with customers, especially large corporate customers, if that's the focus of where your business is headed, is extremely important. Don't overlook your competition. Competition can provide you with a wealth of information, but be realistic in assuming who your competition is going to be. And there are deadly aggravations. These are the things that pop up in a business plan that are absolutely killers. Things like typos, things like uh, misspellings, that kind of thing. All right, so now you've got a plan. You've got your business plan prepared. It's concise. You're feeling really comfortable about it. You feel like you've got an, a good handle on who your audience is what the opportunity is that you're trying to solve and how you're gonna solve that problem or meet that challenge with your business plan. And you've accurately assessed what it is that you need from audience members who are gonna read that plan to be able to help you reach that goal. Now what? Ask yourself, is the plan compelling? Does it meet the five minute test that Ann Wimbold was talking about earlier? Is it going to maintain reader interest? Does it cover the right time period? Did I use a lot of superlatives in describing how I'm gonna solve the problem or what my business is going to be able to do? Are there too many subjective comments in the business plan? Do you need to go back and look and see if you've got some numbers or some charts that can be added for additional impact? and to know when you're being redundant in your plan. You don't need to reiterate over and over and over again what you think the problem is and how you're gonna solve it. You only need to cover that once. Being concise with bullet points, graphs, and charts are much easier for an audience member to read than a bunch of narrative descriptions. So it's time to present your plan 
to your banker, to a customer, to a supplier, to the City of Mesa Chamber of Commerce, to someone who's going to read it and help you with your business. What do you need to do? You need to recognize that in the first five minutes of that presentation, the listener is going to form an opinion about you and your business. They're going to be able to assess how much passion you have for the business, whether or not you have expertise in both the business and in the plan. And they're going to be able to determine how easy it would be to work with you as a part of that particular plan. Martha Johnson runs a little uh, restaurant chain called Trio Cafes. And she's produced a number of plans as she's grown her business from one location now to about 10 across the state. And, and she's lo located in the South. And she said, I've learned that automatic turnoffs in my business plan are things like writing on both sides of the paper. She said, I'm amazed at how many audience members will take my business plan and make notes on the pre back of the previous page that relate to information that might be presented on the page that they're reading. She said, typing mistakes are a killer. Not knowing how to present financial data has also been a killer. She said, my very first rendition of my business plan when I wanted to expand from one location to two, I didn't present the financial information appropriately and it took 10 rejections for me to figure out when after finally presenting it to a bank that I was not presenting financial information appropriately. She said, I had to get some professional help, had my bookkeeper, instead of having my bookkeeper present my financial information for me, I went and got somebody else to help me put that, those charts together. And she said, as soon as I did that, the very next individual that I took that plan to jumped on it and was willing to jump in and help and assist the business. She said, I got success from that effort. And her summation is that looks of your plan will count a lot.